Hey everybody, what is going on? Gordon Atat here. Welcome back to yet another episode from the podcast, the Network Marketing Duplication Radio. Today we've got a guest speaker on the show and I'm excited about this all the way from South Carolina. We're bringing you guests every single time as well. So her name is Tasha Smith. She's a speaker, coach. We're going to talk about and she's going to share her story in this episode right after this. If you're like me, we all know that network marketing is a real asset and it is on the rise. But we have an issue. How do entrepreneurs like us, who didn't rely on their family members and friends to join us, who want to grow and scale a profitable home business, as we see the power and leverage of network marketing to maximize our efforts using the internet to auto-recruit quality prospects and create extra incomes with a duplication system, yet still have time to enjoy the rest of our lives. This has long been the question of many hopeful entrepreneurs, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Gordon Attar, and you are listening to Network Marketing Duplication Radio. All right, so welcome, 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 guys, and everybody uh, who are tuning in to this episode. Uh, if this is your first time, thanks for uh, tuning in. Make sure you go and check out the other episodes. We talk about modern MLM tactics, but not only that, in fact, we've got a guest speaker on the show. So, uh, Tasha Smith, can you hear us? I hear you great. Thank you so much, Gordon. Awesome. So, welcome to the show. Uh, it's exciting to have you here. And uh, we've been in touch back and forth on emails, right, for the last, I think, weeks, two, three weeks, something like that, is it? So, uh, great to have you on the show, as, like I said. So, if you can share a bit about your story, how you got involved in network marketing. So we start the, this podcast, the, the podcast and interview off. Sure, I'd love to do that. So um, I actually just turned 40 last month and I started my whole life when I was 20 years old. I started actually selling knives in direct sales uh, back in 2000. Uh, then I worked in corporate America. Uh, and so I've always been someone who was either in sales, sales training, or sales leadership, so my entire life. And my specialization was always teaching non-sales people how to sell easily. Uh, those were all the types of jobs I had. And uh, I was doing really, really well, and I was at the salary cap in my corporate sales manager job. And what happened was I just got a little tired. There was some things that happened at work, and I wanted, I thought, okay, well, I want to try to do something on my own. And all I knew how to do is teach non-salespeople how to sell things. So I thought, okay, well, I'm just, maybe I'll be able to help CPAs or um, IT people be able to sell their services. P really, really smart people in their craft, but not, they would not have exposure to really that high quality sales training. And what ended up happening is I was invited to uh, a network marketing event by one of my friends. She invited me. She was struggling in her business. She was making about $50 a month for two years. And so I, I fixed her, I was still working my corporate job full time. I fixed her sales conversation, the way she talked to people um, when they were interested about the product. And she went from making $50 a month for two years to $450 the next month. Then her upline hired me and rolled 12 people in one month. Uh, more than the past year than that person. I had to quit my job. That person's upline hired me. And since then, uh, just 
for context, it's been about four and a half years. We've trained or coached over 8,000 network marketers. Uh, we've sold about, I think it's like 3.7 million in, in training and coaching. And I think one of the reasons we've been able to be really successful, one of the companies we worked a lot of leaders in, their, their kits started selling out because they weren't, like all the closing ratios, all the sales ratios went up. Uh, we've been able to work with master, I have some private clients that are master distributors. I have one that has a billion dollar downline that I used to coach, like really cool people. And we, we work with all of them. And the idea that we really focus on is um, our customer comes first, our team comes second and our ego comes third. So a lot of people will say, okay, that's weird. Wait, you're not a network marketer. And I said, exactly. That's my advantage to you because we need everybody, right? We need inside and outside perspectives to be able to really grow um, in entrepreneurship, right? I need my business coach to tell me how it is, but I also need to look outside the industry for best practices that I can apply in my coaching business. And so now I, we have a full-time coaching and training businesses. We run uh, membership, one-on-one -on -one coaching, right? We have all the training resources uh, that are available and everything is with this customer first philosophy that um, how can we make the sales process? And I know this is totally aligned with you, Gordon, because mm -hmm. I've listened to your stuff. How do we make it enjoyable for customers, not annoying, right? Like there's this idea and I just actually lost it yesterday because I was listening to something and the, basically the trainer just gave people permission to be annoying. Like it's okay to annoy half the people you talk to if you help at least one person. And I, I don't think he meant a whole lot. I don't think he really meant be annoying. But it was just like this subtle, like the way people could take it is not good for the industry, right? That type of concept repels professionals and, um, you know, people that want to operate in a way that is authentic and truthful and such. And so we just have this whole filter. Uh, so the book I wrote last year, no, this year, it's still 2020. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still, still, still. So I, I released my book in February, which feels like a hundred years ago. Um, it's called customer first. And the subtitle is create more impact and income in your network marketing business without being uh, high pressure and pushy. So that's what we do. We teach people how to talk to people better, mm -hmm. um, gain agreement, right? All those, we, we teach them the, the skills versus just having them run around. Absolutely. Love that. I love that. So uh, great that you mentioned the book because it's, it's, an, it's something that, you know, when someone has something, something like that in, the, in their possession, like you mentioned, you know, it's, it's all about the skills. It's the skill set is something that as a network marketer, both of you working, if you're listening to this or watching this on my YouTube channel, if you are both working your business, growing your business, whatever it is, the traditional way, uh, or the uh, using the modern MLM tactics, you need to have those skills. So mm -hmm. my question, Tasha, to you is this: closing. You mentioned the word closing when it comes to uh, to that. How can people be successful at uh, at the closing? How they can increase their uh, closing ratio uh, without being salesy, without sounding salesy? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think this applies to. All of the, everything we're going to talk about applies to online and offline, because at the end of the day, 
whether you're communicating with someone online or offline, it's still the same person, right? They are still operating with the same buyer behavior. And so whenever we look at anything we want to be successful in from a communication perspective, the first thing that we ask is why wouldn't a customer buy, mm -hmm. right? What are the reasons? And so we look at things like too much money, need to talk to my spouse, I can buy it elsewhere, all these things. And then we reverse engineer the process to make it like, a, a, you know, basically address those ahead of time so that at the end of the conversation, it's like not a big deal, right? Um, specifically, what we have to look at is how can we make the sales process enjoyable? Most people, when they think of sales, they think of the car salesman, it's annoying, it's pushy, and that's like, somehow people think that's okay, and it's not okay. Have you ever, Gordon, worked with a high quality salesperson? I did, I certainly did. And how, yeah. does, how does that feel? It's different. I mean, it's different talking with someone uh, like like those kind of of, uh, of people who are profession than people like normal people call them normal people uh, like friend of yours. So, mm -hmm. like like you said, you need to you need to know. Okay, you need to know what to say to especially to those people much more to be careful what to say much more than uh, people like a friend of yours. Otherwise, you're losing the deal on the table. And even with our friends, we still have to operate in a way that makes people feel like the sales process is enjoyable. And so while we have a lot of people that want to build their business outside their friends and family, a lot of the people we, I work with, they love their product and they want, they want their family to have it. They just don't want to ruin the relationship. And so what we teach is, a, and we don't need to go into every detail because it's in the, it's in the book and we'll let them have a free copy you guys can get a free copy if you want. But there's basically five keys that are the linchpin. Um, one is, you know, we wanna set up appointments versus selling on the fly. That's what a lot of people do. That's why, right, it's like, my product is so awesome. No, that's not good, right? We set up an appointment um, and we have a very specific way of doing that. We always let people know exactly what we're gonna cover, how long it's gonna take, remove pressure, and then ask for consent. Is that something you Love find it. helpful? Love it. When you remove, uh, when you remove pressure, uh, Tasha, you mentioned this word, pressure. It's one of the keys that you mentioned that a lot of people that, again, they don't, they are not trained. Uh, they don't emphasize to, to skill up. Mm -hmm. This is something that that's why they don't, they have a lot of people, they, they, they don't show up to, uh, to presentations, to, to their appointments uh, because of, of that, um, that action, you know, putting pressure. Uh, it's something that's got, it's hurting your business, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so the appointment setting crux sounds like this. Mm -hmm. And this, again, even if you're messaging people that you've met offline in your copy, in your email, or online, offline, whatever, where are we, online? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. It's something that sounds like this. Usually what I do is set up an appointment. We'll go over your health goals, a little bit about the company, the most popular kits. My part takes about 30 minutes. You don't have to get anything, but if you see something you like, of course, I'll help you order it. Is that something you'd be open to? And it works everywhere because it's basically making the sales process enjoyable. The customer knows what we're going over, how long it's going to take. I have choice. And then I've been asked to, I've been asked for agreement instead of saying, oh my gosh, here's what we need to do. And you need to, right? 
and that makes people feel uncomfortable and pressure and then they start disappearing and when it's your sister that's a problem absolutely and so we have a couple choices we can run away right or we can just how could i like i need to do this better the other four keys like, in that actual conversation are just basic follow out follow what you've done in the agenda restate the agenda um, ask their input, ask about their goals first before you tell your story. Uh, use simple fourth grade language. Um, if a fourth grader can't understand it, you can't say it no matter how much you love the science of your network marketing products. Not that one. This they is another one. Yeah. <laughs> if they understand it, it does not help you. It only makes them more overwhelmed and they feel stupid. Our goal in a sales yeah. presentation is not to make ourselves feel look smart, it's to make them feel smart. Absolutely. Um, and then you close with a choice of two usually is the best conversion rates, right? Like starter kit or complete kit, which do you think works better for your family right now? Just a really simple close. And so what that all of that does is it makes it enjoyable. You care about me. I know what to expect. It eliminates that whole feeling of this weird icky person. And even if you're building online, eventually there's going to be a conversation you're going to need to have for retention purposes or for recruiting. Um, and you'll want to, you'll want to use those five keys, right? If you're talking with someone and they're ordering and they say, okay, how do I make money at this? You're going to have a conversation. with them. And so we say, usually what I do is set up an appointment to go over your financial goals, right? And you follow the same process and it, just remove so many barriers. Um, our, our clients typically on those first appointments for product sales will make sales on 50 to 80%. And that's standard. I mean, obviously there's outliers that don't do as well. Some people, you know, are much higher. Um, but that's pretty standard for even people with no sales experience because it eliminates all of those barriers for customers and it makes them just feel loved and cared for and awesome. And isn't that the whole point of network marketing is to exactly. make people feel awesome, not to feel like that the whole industry is built on this concept that we're going to make the best product in the world. It is so good that people can't help but talk about it. So the whole industry is built on making people feel amazing, right? That's why there's so much recognition. That's why there's so much community. That's why the products are always so good. And so could our communication do the same thing? Exactly. And, and the thing is the, the fact that it's, you, it's a process. Uh, this is what uh, is fascinating, you know, whether it is that you are following up, whether it is that you're setting up an appointment or you're showing um, uh, the, the, uh, the opportunity side or talking about the products is people need to understand once you learn the process, also being not being a pushy salesperson, uh, this is what, why people then, they don't realize how simple it is. It sounds so stupid, mm -hmm. or maybe it's something that uh, they say, why, it's so, why is this so stupid? This is why they try to reinvent the wheel. So when, wh what is your experience when, uh, when you work with people uh, that you coach um, uh, through your company, um, uh, when it comes to having someone that have no zero experience versus someone who have been on the block for a while, and uh, it's hard maybe, or, or how is the experience changing them to, uh, to have these processes that we are we're talking about? Yeah, that is, that's a really, really good question. So we run into a lot of people 
that maybe will hit the two to $5,000 income level and they're angry, mm. right? They're so good and they're like, why can't these stupid people on my team make a sale? And so they come with a specific problem, right? Which is the duplication issue. And so what we're able to work with them and we do everything, we start off everything with what's hard for you. And that's part of the gaining agreement and the coaching process. And so if you guys are coaching people and mentoring people on your team, you know, we always want to start with, here's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. But we have to start with what feels hard for you so that we can give really the right, the right solution. And so once they're in a space where they share what's hard for me and what do I really want and tell me more, um, we're really able to build that trust and to say, okay, if your team, and the, the structure of the gaining agreement is really helpful. So if your team had a simple right place where they could read from the paper, really? um, and it was in simple language, and they could make sales to half of the people they met with, would you do better? Would you make more money? Would you feel better about your leadership? And uh, they always say, yes, of course. And um, most leaders even, um, so I've, I've coached one, one million dollar, two, two million dollar earners and two or three that are like in the 750 to, to million range. And what they still get stuck on processes, they've really done a lot of it through charisma mm -hmm. and and wooing people and all like, you know, being great at event attendance. But when you really talk them through they at the end of the day, and especially, I don't know about your audience, but my audience is like 99% female. Okay. Um, and so there's this confidence in, am I a bad leader because everyone's not able to do it. And so when we get to that conversation and we're like, you're not a bad leader, we just need to make this simpler. We just need to make it so they could just read it at their entry level. Uh, and in a weird way, sometimes I get some resistance, but we need to add a little corporate to their entrepreneurial nature, their wing it nature. Um, what's really hard, Gordon, to be honest, is just getting them to sit down and do the tedious work. They're always bought in. They're like, I see how this would be helpful, but they're like me, like, we want to talk to people. I want to be on Zoom all day. We want to be out and about. We don't want to sit down and write out the words I say. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so those are some of the challenges and kind of how we work through with them. What What are the keys uh, to to someone who regain motivation? You know, the excite. The first part is the excitement part of someone who joins a network marketing company. I'm talking about even, uh, especially actually, the first time, you know, first timers who uh, are looking for an opportunity, uh, like yourself and myself and a friend of ours invited us to an unknown territory. And, mm -hmm. and then the first few days is where the excitement is ex explodes. So when, you know, they go through some challenges, uh, they get the, the, the no's, what is, I mean, what, what are the keys? To, uh, for those people who regain, need to regain motivation? Yeah, I think it's really important that people understand that motivation does wax and wane. Um, if it, is it okay if I'm just a little vulnerable on your podcast? Absolutely. I did Absolutely. not want to come to work today. Like I've been having a little bit of a health up and down stuff and I wasn't feeling well um, this morning. 
and that's like that's normal i i think a lot of people think in network marketing there's this idea that every day is going to be filled with unicorns and rainbows and i'll be able to work from anywhere and that's not how any business starts right um so we need to just first i want to normalize that even the most successful people don't wake up up every day with a rainbow shooting out of their eyes. Absolutely. Um, my aunt says, work so bad, they pay you to do it. And I think okay. that there is like just some sort of maturity we need to have that, yes, what we really want is work where we get to serve our calling. But at the, we have to understand that, that we have to, um, that it's, that it is still work and there are parts of it that are not fun, not pleasant. Um, and it, there'll be up and downs. Uh, but I look at what, what does the science say about what motivates people? And there's really three things, but I'm going to focus on how do we wrap them all together? One is purpose. Are you connected to the greater good? Second is autonomy or freedom. Am I the master of my own destiny? Uh, and then the third is mastery. Am I getting better at what I do? And one of the first prescription, so to speak, I give any client who's struggling with motivation is something my coach, Heather, taught me about called the impact journal. And here it's really simple. Every day, write down three humans that you positively impacted over the, with your business. Over the course of the year, that's a thousand impacts. Try and tell me you're not going to see your income grow. So impact, Right. If you're impacting people positively, you should see a spike in your income within 60 to 90 days. I'm not talking about, oh, I told them about something, although that might be how it starts. But it, what it ends like if it's did I solve a problem? Did I encourage someone today? Did someone I one of a, a customer or a team member of mine, did they get a result? We put those in our impact journals because we have a tendency to forget what we should remember and remember what we should forget. So we always remember our failures and we forget the good things that we're doing. And when we end up at a lack of motivation, it's because we're not connected to our purpose, helping people. We're not connected to our freedom and we're not connected to, I'm getting better at this. And what's really cool about the impact journal is that you, it, it creates a log of here are the ways I'm contributing to the greater good. Um, I have choice over how I impact people and you'll actually watch your skills move. So when I first started with this impact journal back in 2016, uh, May is when my coach was like, you're a mental disaster. You need to fix this. Cause I was so wrapped up in like, how do I make money? And yeah, yeah. I'm that's, that's... like, I'm a, I'm an athlete. Right. So it's like, what's on the scoreboard? Did I win or did I lose? And she's like, we need to redefine winning because with this, you'll always feel not good. Um, and so it started with, okay, well, I helped someone make an enrollment. Yay. Well, now I've been coaching for a long time. And now it's like, I just had a client who at the end of August crush her income goal for the entire year. Like she's had her, and I get to put that on my impact journal today. It's been, and I, I'm watching my skills. Like there's a record of my skills improving, my purpose improving. Like this leader has thousands of people on her team. Right. So I get to like be this little asterisk in that story um, where before it was, okay, you know, my client enrolled three people this month and now it's, oh my gosh, I just, I just coached the like top and like top five enroller in this billion dollar company. That's crazy. 
And that's not to be arrogant, friends, right? Like I would never publicly say like, I'm the most, right? But we have to guard our mental state and this is the easiest way to do it. Absolutely, this is the, this is the thing, you know, uh, the mental state, this is uh, another factor, you know, it's some people, has this, uh, you know, has their goal. They have the, the, those goals that they have wrote in the beginning. Um, and like you said, it's always very important to, to have those goals and, and write, um, uh, write those goals. Focus on, uh, on what you can achieve by the end of the day. And this brings me to another question. So why some network market marketers aren't, aren't where they are, where they want to be today. Is it because of major factor that you can, that you have identified through your coaching? Uh, what that could be? Um, well, the first thing that we typically do is we will just look at a skills assessment, mm -hmm. right? If I want to be a work world-class doctor, but I don't know where to cut, that's going to be really, really challenging. So we'll start with a sales assessment, a skills assessment, and the skills we look at are uh, time management skills mm -hmm. and um, appointment setting skills, enrolling, like closing skills, uh, customer retention skills, uh, launching new builders, and then we have a whole set for leadership. And leadership skills are going to be like team meeting skills, casting vision. Most people don't even have, once they even see the set of skills, they're like, oh, I understand now why, okay, so all I have to do is learn these skills. So it quantifies that. Um, because like, what do you do when you, what do you get when you motivate an idiot? You get a motivated right, idiot, idiot, right? So there's so much, I, I mean, I love all the mindset training. I think it's super important, but we can't be just one, right? Like, uh, one of the things that I'll, I'll say to people, I'm like, okay, you have so many no sales. So you have to go and spend all this money on mindset training. Could we just get more sales by changing the way you talk? Then you don't need so much mindset training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in 10 appointments, you could sell two, make two sales and help two people, or you could help six by changing your skills. Right. Um, and I think that is a good place to start. I think a lot of people don't honor network marketing as legitimate business. And here's what I mean by that. Network marketing is either legitimate or not. If it's legitimate, it follows all the same principles of what I would call regular business. Sales skills, financial skills, planning, leadership, right? Mm -hmm. But when people start companies and leaders, when they recruit people, they're really focused on the first few weeks, the first 90 days, right? So they focus just on that first part. And almost give the idea that if I want to earn 60, I know you're in Europe, right? So 60,000 US, 100,000 US, 300,000 US, that like, it's so simple. But at the end of the day, network marketing is for businesses. It's a sales business, a marketing business, a recruiting business, and a leadership business. And so the skill set to start piece of cake first 90 days super easy but to grow into someone who earns 100,000 200 300 400,000 you're going to need $300,000 your skills you can't take your 
simple, basic, I learned this in three minutes, right? right? Or one weekend skills and expect to earn $300,000 with it. Uh, and so I think those are a couple of the hangups. I think a, a really big problem is people feeling like sales is a bad word, um, that they're stealing or something. Most people uh, think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just creating a win-win. I think those are some of the big, big challenges. The other is processes. They're trying to build through people versus building systems that build people. So exactly. it puts a lot of strain on their relationships and then they become really bitter and resentful to their team members. Uh, resentment is cancer on your team. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, so there's, I, I wish I could localize it to like, there's this one thing, but I would say the one thing is that there are very many moving parts in the business. Mm -hmm. So we have to take a deep breath and go, okay, I need to fix one thing at a time. Um, maybe that's it. Yeah. I agree with you with the, the systems. I mean, people, doesn't focus on on having those systems in place this is fascinating you know when when uh, when you talk with people and they uh sometimes they operate this way sometimes they operate the other way and first of all when you have systems it's even you're gonna have more fun and it's much much more enjoyable to build your business whether when you don't have systems and processes in place it's kind of hard because like we mentioned earlier, the moods get in the way, like you don't feel to go out and uh, produce and things like mm -hmm. that. It's affecting your environment. And then you bring it back to your home, uh, which is a sacred space, if you right. will. So yeah, I definitely uh, agree with, uh, with that as well. I mean, systems and processes, we mentioned um, uh, on, on, on these podcasts as well, why it's so important. And last but not least, skill, always sharpening, you need, to all, you need to always be sharpening your X to cut more trees. And that's when you scale up, when you need to scale up every single time. I mean, uh, even this podcast, we, we just bring people um, like Tasha just to see okay, what people are doing from different parts of the world. Uh, mm -hmm. we, li we like that because on the, if, you, if you unzoom, you can really see that it's, all based on people are scaling up. This is why they're winning in this game. This is why they're moving forward and, uh, and, and achieving their goals that yeah. you probably have written down, but you're not doing anything about them. Yeah, I agree. Anything on that? Yeah. Yeah, and I love the, what you just said about sharpening the saw. And um, yeah, that's right. And if, you're, if your ax isn't cutting down, isn't making a dent in the tree, you know, yeah. Now I think network marketing makes you more of who you are, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 an expansion. Uh, it's kind of like of money, you know. Some some people like last time I was talking with a friend, and he told me, you know, the kind of money is the root of all evil. I mean, no, it makes you if you have more and you're a jerk, okay, <laughs> when you didn't have, it's an expansion. So you're gonna be a jerk with money, you right. know. So. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, you know, it's exposed and this exposes people who, who, who they are, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're coming, we're coming to an end, uh, already around 30 minutes passed, uh, so quickly in this, in this, uh, episodes. So, um, I don't know, one last message before you, uh, tell us about, uh, also what projects you're working on or, and how people can find you, how they can connect with you, uh, Tasha. Sure. Um, 
one, I think one last message would just be to remember that the people that you're trying to serve, um, they're, they're probably, they go to bed at night probably praying for a solution to a problem, mm -hmm. right? People are always like this issue and this issue and this issue. I wish I had a problem. And I think that when we reach out to people and we do gaining agreement type things, we can really, we really can show up with kindness and love and grace and be incredibly effective at the same, it, those two things are not exclusive. Mm -hmm. um, Teddy Roosevelt has a great quote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And yeah. when you're, right, when you're able to start your day and say, I want to impact positively three people today, it changes the way we talk to people, it changes the way we write an email, it changes everything when we're just thinking about our, our people and how do, we, how do we connect with them. And I, I just want, you know, don't look at your bubbles on your comp plan too much. Twice a month is probably more than enough to do your placement strategies. Um, really focus on how you're help impacting people with, with your business. So that's what I would say. Awesome, awesome. So if uh, my audience wants to follow and uh, see what you're uh, working on, how they can find you, what's the best way to connect with you, Tasha? Uh, probably the best way to connect is um, all of the like philosophies, the customer first philosophy, team second, ego third. We outline all that in the, in the book that I wrote, uh, released in February. So you guys can go to customerfirstbook.com. You can download either a free PDF or we can mail you, if you pay for the shipping, we can mail you um, a paperback copy. So that's one way. Um, and then of course, you guys, we have a membership and we set it up for podcast listeners if they want just two weeks for free. Um, you guys can come in and the website for that is emergesalestraining.com slash test drive. And that, that's probably, those two things are probably the easiest way to get a feel, like connect directly um, as opposed to the passive following. Of course, we have the Sales Journey podcast for network marketers, if you're a podcast person. And awesome, awesome, awesome. Wow, fantastic. Thanks very much for uh, being on, uh, on the show, Tasha. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you here and uh, sharing your, uh, your insights when it comes to uh, network marketing and how people can focus on their purpose. Also, how many like what are the three people you're going to impact today, tomorrow, the next week, et cetera, et cetera. Focus on that rather than focus on the comp plan or focusing on the bubbles, using your words. And that brings us to an end, my friends, for another episode from the Network Marketing Duplication Radio. This is uh, me, Gordon Attard, signing off for uh, this. Thanks for watching. Make sure you leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube or leave us a review if you're watching on your favorite platform on, uh, on the podcast platforms. Thanks for watching. Have a great rest of the day. Take care, God bless, and bye-bye. Are you on the path of network marketing success in this present day? The reason I'm asking is because it is a question I get asked all the time. Gordon, are you using the power of the internet for your personal network marketing today, and how? Well, I am using modern tactics to grow my personal downline and sell products. You see, the network marketing profession is changing and evolving at a fast, rapid pace. And you probably recognize this fact, and that is why I wanted to show you how instead of just telling you. 
So I've created this MLM quiz at presentdaydownline.com to help you identify if you are truly on your success path or not. After you've taken the quiz, you will see what was that sparked my hunger to quit using the old traditional offline ways that you're so frustrated of, just like I was, and how I'm using modern tactics to build my downline using the internet in this present day. Again, just go on presentdaydownline.com and go take the MLM quiz now.